Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. This episode of the Tasty Room Music Podcast features songwriter Sarah Morgan. We were introduced by a mutual friend about six years ago, late one Friday night, as I was leaving Knucklehead Saloon in Kansas City. I was going to host KKFI's radio show, Woman's Song, the next morning, and after a short introductory conversation, asked Sarah to come in and play live in the studio. She'd never been on the radio before totally relying on my gut instinct that she'd be okay. The rest, as they say, is history, our little slice of shared history. As she'd never been to Nashville, I then asked her to join me in Music City for an Americana Fest music conference. At the Americana Music Awards ceremony at the Ryman, she met Loretta Lynn, who was greeting fans as she sat in the first row as we waited for the ceremony to start. As you'll hear, it's been one serendipitous milestone after another, for both of us, ever since. In this conversation, we talk about where Sarah is right now on her mountain, including the recording process in Nashville, navigating social media, and the business that is music. It is also a love letter of sorts to those very important people that have mentored her so far. Jason North, Carl Butler of the Gospel Lounge, Eric Kahn, Frank Hicks, owner of Knuckleheads, and Devin O'Day of WSM Radio in Nashville, and her number one inspiration, Loretta Lynn. Enjoy this conversation with the girl I call Grasshopper, Sarah Morgan. I got a mama plays piano. Couldn't get there in my sleep 
one of the things I wanted to make sure that we talked about today was how chaotic the music business seems to be right now and how there aren't really any rules. Um, there are none. That's what I'm told every day that there's no rules. We can do whatever we want. Like, okay. So, I mean, that's kind of a, seems to be a blessing and a curse. Um, I'm, I've now heard this more than one time now that, you know, the record labels really don't support the artists like they used to traditionally in the past. Not at all. Um, the radio promotion people or the people that you pay that monthly fee to try to service your music to radio, there's no guarantees that that's going to do anything. Oh, we can talk all about that. Yeah. And Nobody so, may ever want to work with me ever again if I spill beans on what it is. Yeah. But. No, well, I, just, <laughs> I just thought that it would be interesting to my regular listeners or people that follow this, um, what it's like right now trying to navigate that chaos. Sure. Um, so let's start with the recording Mm -hmm. process. Okay. As you know it to be, as I know it to be, as you know it to be, um, with your latest project, uh, with my latest project, I don't, the process is not how it normally goes. I've gotten extremely lucky. Um, if you find somebody who believes in you, like really believes in what you're doing and, and your songs, I mean, I didn't think I would ever go cut anything in Allentown. I, I definitely didn't think I would walk into a session with the people that were in there, have no idea who they were, and it would be done in three hours. I've never had that kind of experience before. It's always taken a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have to pay for all of that? or Maybe, kind of. I just mm-hmm. wondered about how things like that happen so serendipitously. People were very kind and they like what we're doing yeah. that's just what I'll say about well, it well you know that's that's valid I mean mm-hmm. if somebody has the wherewithal to do that you know why not if every once in a while you just meet people who like what you're doing and you get along like that's the other thing is if you don't get along with people I mean you can pay anybody to produce a record for you but once you've written the check I mean they're done and they move on to the next person who's going to write the check well, one you of know the, what I mean? Yeah, one of the things that I noticed with all the liner notes that I get with the with the CDs that come to me from radio mm-hmm. promotion is that there are certain players that I see all the time, mm-hmm. you know, on the records. You yeah. know, like Kenny Vaughn playing guitar and mm-hmm. certain pedal steel players and Fats Kaplan and people like that. So um, is it just a job to them? Do they get to pick and choose who they play well, on? Well, the people who play it on my the record that's coming up, um, and Church of the Bar, and obviously we're kind of slow releasing things until this whole thing is done and comes That's out. That's kind uh, of a new thing, too. Yeah, we're trying Release it. one record, or one song, two songs, and then release the whole thing. That's kind of a new yeah. thing. Well, uh, we could get sidetracked. I'll, I'll go back to your original question. <laughs> um, the people who played on, on my record, which was Michael Rhodes, Eddie Bayer, Steve Gibson... Um, they, Dan Dugmore, I, I would assume that they can pick and choose what they do and don't want to do at this point in their careers. I mean, they're some of the best studio session players that are around. And Michael, you know, is with Joe Bonamassa. He has to pick and choose what he's going to do because he's gone. Um, so I, w- I would assume that they can choose. <laughs> I don't know. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a point in my career, quote unquote. I just, I realized over the last year, like, I'm not going to do things I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. So I don't. Do you like the recording process? I love it. I am a studio rat. 
if I could choose anything to do and make millions of dollars off of, it wouldn't be playing in front of people. It would be writing songs and recording them. <laughs> do you see yourself as a producer? Um, maybe someday, but my end game really isn't to produce other people's records. It's more to be a suit at some point down the road. Because like you said, record labels don't really invest in and develop and promote artists anymore. I'd like to do that. If I can find a way to capitalize off of it, I would love to do that. Go find people when they're young and not take advantage of them and help develop them. Like I've had people come along and help develop me in ways that if I had walked into the studio session I had this year um, with my buddy Eric, Eric Kahn, who produced this next uh, upcoming record, if I'd walked into that three years ago, I couldn't have done it. I just wouldn't have been prepared. Somebody has to develop you. And, you know, people like Carl have developed me. Jason has developed me. You know, the, all of those times were really, really important. And if you don't have that, I think that's the main reason people don't make it anymore. Um, I've helped. The recording process seems so intimidating to me and tedious, but do things change a lot once you get in there? I mean, you go in there with a certain mindset and then once you're there, well, it changes. Do the songs change? Does the, I, not for me. Cause I write all my stuff. I arrange it. It's pretty much done. You know, the night before this particular session, Eric came in and him and Carl and I sat around and I played them all. And we said, well, let's add a measure here. Just space. We could put a, a nice little guitar riff right there. So, okay. Cool. You know, we, we sit down and we do stuff like that. We chisel away, make sure things are the way that they should is be. Is it done and in then, a traditional nine to five? No. Or does it go all night long? I or? don't operate like that. Yeah. No. It's the, the way that I work now, we don't spend time on this stuff because the songs are already written. They have a life of their own. When you try to sit and change them and mess with them over and over again, like you just lose it and it, it's done. It's Do you rehearse boring. before you go into the studio? No. Like, the, okay, the way that this one worked, I sat down with Eric and Carl and played the songs. I was like, you know, let's cut these. And everybody agreed, like, yeah, let's let's cut these for this session. And so I played them all through them, and I was like, here's what I have. What do you think? Is there any uh, uh, input arrangement-wise? And we were all like, we just kind of chose what we thought would be good for each one. And... Um, I went into the session the next day, picked up a guitar, the musician sat around me, I played each one one time through, they didn't even look at me, they charted everyone, we went in, played it live, moved to the next song, played it live, moved to the next song. Like, Dirty Hands is a live take. Vocal and everything. Such a great song. Thank you. That. I've never been more proud of, not necessarily the writing, but the way that the track turned out, because I've never walked in with people like that in Nashville, sat up in a booth, strapped on my guitar, played the song, and we were done. And they, I said, I'm not going to do anything else on that. <laughs> we're just going to move on. <laughs> yeah, well. We did two takes. In the second take we did, we just changed a drum thing. That was the only reason we did another take. You know, but those guys were... It's not tedious if you know what you want, which for me, what's been great about this, um, about working in Nashville with these particular people, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but working with these particular people is they said, go in the booth, do the thing that you do, and we're going to paint around that. Which is really cool because most people are like, we don't know who you are. That sounds pretty ideal. Yeah, we're going to try to turn you into something that we can sell. And, you know, they're going, no, we'll just... 
we'll sell you as is. I'm like, I can handle that. <laughs> so <laughs> that I can do it. <laughs> so the, the, the new record's going to come out and it's a full record or is it an EP? It's a full length. We're still in the middle of doing work on it. Um, I'm going back next week to do some more work on it. Are you going to send it to radio? Like, Well, like Dirty Hands, we service Church in a Bar, which was super cool. And it's what does really that mean, you serviced it? Okay, so there's all these different platforms that you can get on, but you can't get on them unless you know somebody who can get you on the platform, which is crazy. Um, so, I mean, there's a few that you can get on, but like the big ones, somebody's got to be able to make a phone call and say, like, let this person in. And that I just got lucky. So when you call radio stations and ask for that song and they say they don't have it, it's a lie because they do. <laughs> Every country station in America has them. Um, and I think at some point we're probably going to serve as church in a bar to Ireland and the UK and all that stuff because we're going to push that song for a long time. Dirty Hands is coming out as just another track for the album. You know what I mean? Um, is it, is it pay to play? Is that the way pay to play? Yeah. It's not necessarily pay to play. Like what you were talking about earlier. Um, I have really good relationships with regional radio. Uh, and so they've played the fire out of that song, mm -hmm. you know, and they're still playing it, uh, which is awesome. But you have these things called radio promoters and you pay them thousands of dollars a month to before the single comes out, they're calling stations going, I've got this artist, I've got the song, you know, and, and the thing is they know these people, they have relationships. So it's just, I hesitate to use the word that we all want to use mm -hmm. because I don't want, mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to be, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you don't have the money to pay the middleman, like good luck. Yeah. Like they're never, you, you may have your song service. Somebody may get you on the platform, but if you don't have that middleman calling for you every day, like they're not going to know that you exist. Now I got lucky cause the title's weird. So people clicked it. Church in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's still growing every day. It's a really slow burn. I'm hoping in like a year it's where I would like it to be. <laughs> well, you know, with the history that you and I have, I remember when we were on uh, Loretta Lynn's bus, mm -hmm. which is now what, four years ago now, mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Like she said, if you believe in your songs and you think you have a hit record, you must push it yourself. Yeah. Because if she you did. don't do it, nobody no else it for you. will. That was, and it seems like you've oh. almost kind of come full circle with that, mm -hmm. you know, because everything is so chaotic mm -hmm. and so much of it is DIY. Yeah. I mean, are you, um, let's talk about social media for a second. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Yeah, it's, it's the just, worst. It's the I'm really struggling with it myself. I mean, I'm failing at Instagram because it's just so superficial. And I I had pretty much over the last year gotten off the internet, which is not good. Like that's where I've built my platform and so I have to use it. And the thing is is like I care about what's going on and the people who follow me, like support me and are have been there for me musically. I care about what's going on in their life. What I don't care about seeing is all the other junk. Mm -hmm. that's on the internet it's and you really can't hard. yeah and you can't necessarily control it and you can't control the terrible things people say about you and sometimes it just sucks to get online do you do all of the social media posting and content yourself yeah every once in a while i'll shoot something to someone else because i'm driving or mm -hmm. on a plane mm -hmm. or something right, like that right. but okay. most of the time it's me because i don't i don't like when 
you look at an artist and you can tell somebody else is posting their stuff. It just completely removes you. At least I appreciate if they say Amy here for Rodney Crow. You know, sure. Right? You know. Sure. And, and, and I, some of the artists that I really like and care for and have gotten to kind of know their personalities, I can tell when it's mm -hmm. them posting and when yeah. it's one of their, their people posting. Yeah. Um, like, I really like Casey Musgrave's social media. I don't know if she's the one that does it or not, but it appears that she's the one who does it all. It looks like... And what you can totally do Elizabeth is send... Elizabeth the same way, too. You can, yeah, her. you can send what you want with what you want, you know, captions or whatever, and send them to whoever's doing it and have them post it. And it's still you. You just didn't hit the button. But it's your words. And I just feel like she does a good job of being really personal. Because the thing about the music industry, it is really chaotic. For me, it's not been chaotic at all over the last year. You don't, you don't feel Slow so down. much that what's happened so far is, is not a matter of happenstance but a matter of strategic planning. Um, I don't even know if I mean if it's strategic planning it's from God because it's definitely not from me <laughs> uh, but I don't know while everything else seems to have become chaotic around me I just I gave up needing it I don't need this anymore and when I gave up needing this or even wanting it and was like whatever it is what it is no I can I can definitely you know what relate I mean? to that because I'm at a period in my life where I don't need to do certain things yeah. either I don't and need so, this and anymore. I don't have that much time left <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna make sure that I'm, I'm doing well who I, knows how much time we have well left. we don't but we while don't. you're here all you have is time so how are you gonna spend it yeah you know so I just chose to spend mine in things that I enjoy that are positive that are good and when I just gave up needing this or, or even wanting it, it just seemed like all of the junk fell away and there was just this wide open road in front of me that was like, I mean, and it's made out of, it's, it's a grass, you know, <laughs> we're hacking it down, but there's still somewhat of a, of a pathway well, that we're walking so on. there's so much other white noise, you know, and so much and, and you gotta get rid of it. In the social media thing, it's a necessary evil, but man, oh man, do I feel like it's evil sometimes. Um, I feel that way. I wanted to ask about your website because, you know, websites are so important to the individual mm -hmm. artist. Um, and I was thinking about that I, as I get a lot of one sheets that come with the records or come with the CDs mm -hmm. um, that are, you know, glowing in their verbiage and, oh, and how they go on and on and. Uh, Whoopee, you're so well, cool. <laughs> and if you read about 15 of those a day, it's just like not everybody can't be the greatest thing. Everyone is wonderful. No, so I had a bio written. So I wanted to talk about the bio because it's like, I have failed at everything essentially. So, I am not a quitter. So. No. You know what? I had a bio written and it was great. But this year, so much has changed in my mentality this year that I said, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to write it myself. And if it's good, cool. If it's bad, great. But I just want people who are landing on this to be able to go, I like her because of that, or I don't like her because of that. I'm fine being disliked as long as it's, it's for me. I don't care. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of refreshing, I must say, because I have not checked out your website for a while. And I went on the about or the bio and it said, this is what happened or didn't happen to my first record. Yeah. And this is what didn't happen with my third record. Yeah. But I'm not going to quit because I'm not a quitter. No. Um, I just thought that was really refreshing instead of yes. having the bio 
you know, full of all these kudos that are, or good reviews that were written by, you know, mm-hmm. most people, people you write have, have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. They don't even know you. Yeah. They've, you know, you're just sending them stuff and paying them to write a bio about Well, even going back to your post too. Well, okay, the song is out. You can listen to it or not, or, you know, well, hear this on Spotify. If you can stream it, great. <laughs> one of the things that drives me nuts and I, I approach my social media the way that I, the things that have turned me off as a consumer are what I make a point not to do to other people. And the one thing that will make me run from your page is to go, go get your tickets, go buy this now. Calls to action. Calls to action. I absolutely hate calls to action. And everybody says you have to have a call to action. And I'm like, really? Because you know what a call to action does? My action is to leave your page because don't, don't tell me what to do. Like don't command me that I go get something because I'm just not going to do it. You know, it's, I appreciate choice. And when someone says you can do it if you want to, Jen, I got to, I was like, I'm going to adopt that because I want you to, I want you. The thing about it is if you tell people to do things, some of them might, very few, I think will do that. I want people to hopefully enjoy what I'm doing because it was their choice to do that. People who make the choice to follow you or to buy your records, those people will be with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, there's a difference if people made the conscious choice. You know? Well, I th- it's it's a different approach. I'm, I'm, Elizabeth Cook is one of the ones that comes to mind that kind of seems to have that kind of attitude as well. Um, but it, it's it's refreshing to, for me because I I read so much. Um, What's the word I'm trying to use? I mean, manufactured Oh, yeah, it's wonderfulness. All, you know? It's all just manufactured. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's just manufactured it's wonderfulness. Well, I'm a superstar. Uh, the, you know, and the more flowery it is, the more I'm thinking of, I will be the judge of that. Uh, yes, I'm going to give it a listen, but if you aren't going to grab me in the first 15 or 20 yeah. seconds. I'm, the more flowery uh, it is, the stronger the sand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking about the progression or the arc of what has happened to you and I both, mm-hmm. um, mostly you, um, since we met five or six years ago and, and how the recording has changed and how the, the attitude or the approach to radio has changed. It's just how it's all different, but also how far you've come in a relatively short period of time. And I know it doesn't seem like that to you. Oh, it does. But it's very short. <laughs> being that I'm you know, nearly 40 years older than you are. And I know there are artists that have been in this business for decades Mm -hmm. and have not opened for who you've opened for and haven't recorded where you've recorded and have not sat in the Merle Haggard seat in the WSM studios and played Merle Haggard and played Merle Haggard. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, that's just mind blowing. That was fun to me. And oh, watching you yeah. do it, it just seemed like, Oh, it's no big deal. Let's, this is, let's have some fun with this. You but have I think to it would have been like paralyzing. To um, a lot. I'll be honest. Every time I play WSM, I'm never at my best because I'm always shaking. 
always, but you have to view it as just another thing that you're doing. Because if you let this business get in your brain, let the cool things that you do, quote, cool things that you do become cool, you lose the thing that makes you interesting. Well, you know? I, I listen to or watch a lot of her other Facebook live with other artists. And yeah. Doing, you know, exactly what you've done. And, you know, people are sick with colds or they, their guitars out of tune or they forget the words. I mean, everything that would happen to you mm-hmm. in real life. For sure. To you on WSM mm-hmm. when you're giving what you think might be your one and only shot, you know, yeah. and here I'm, well, it just makes you human. It's, just... it's, well, that's, that's very true. All of this does make you, it can make you one of two things. It can make you human or you, it can give you a giant ego. You know, it can do one of two things. Don't know which one it's done to me. I would hope that somebody would slap me in the face if it blows me up and I'll float away. You know, you have permission to do so. <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to happen. It's, I've never thought that's going to happen. I hope not, because the thing about it is just, it is just a job. And it's, for me, it's been a hobby that's got turned into something that pays me money, which is wild to me, because I just sit here with that over there, and I sit on the couch, and I just write stuff all day. She's pointing to her guitar. I just write stuff all day. And the fact that I can send it somewhere, and I have someone to send it to, you know? And I've always had that. When I first started, I had somebody to send music to. I had Jason, who would say, this is, I like this, I don't like this, you know? And then I had Carl, and now I have Eric, and it's just been these stages of development where I... I've always had somebody to send stuff to, and I, those people have always kept me, I don't know, where I should be. Um, I, I don't know how to describe that. Well, they just remind you, hey, I mean, it's like they go, I've been doing this my whole life. You know, this is an occupation. You know, whether you're good at it or not, it's a thing that you do. Well, and when I, what I'm learning or realize something I'm learning is what I'm realizing as I talk to artists that are at different points on the mountain mm-hmm. or on the plateau or, or whatever, yeah. um, that some folks never have had the desire to get out and tour. They're not going to tour or that's all they do. They've yeah. been touring for 10 years or 12 years or 30 years or whatever it is, or they went and got their nine to five jobs so that they could do this on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever it is they have to do to mm-hmm. be able to express themselves in, in this way. I, I'm learning there's just really no wrong way or right way mm. to do it. Um, as long as you want to do it, you know, as you long as feel you feel like you have to do it, want to do it when you feel like you have to do it or you get to a point where there's a whole bunch of hands in the pot and you feel like you have to do it because there's just more money going out there's and coming in. Payroll. Yeah. There's a big payroll. It just becomes to me, that sounds horrible. And as things have gone on, I have really cut out so many things. Um, because at my core, who I am is, uh, I'm a minimalist. I really am. I like the minimum. And I, I was like, I think I'm going to adopt that in, in my work. And when I started doing that, things became easier. Well, not only did things become easier, people started going, I like that. This isn't, let's do that. Mm -hmm. You know, when he first caught my eye, he was climbing telephone poles and I was scared to death that he'd die. 
But he loved what he did And every time he came back home He took everything in me not to cry And if I'm gonna fall in love I know it's gonna be songs are getting into movies now you um, just had a movie premiere or yeah a i saw this went this week and saw the land and hold do they get a hold of you and mm -hmm. ask permission and all that stuff? yeah well i've had two songs in one movie i uh, had two songs in different flowers and did a cover of moon river uh, for that film and that got picked up by Showtime which was super cool and then I just had one in The Land but I sang a song someone else wrote uh, for that one which I'd never done before uh, that was super cool it was really neat and it was you know a feature in the film like the whole song so I was like oh this is so weird I'm hearing myself oh, that would be it was really odd I was next to my mom and I just looked at her like sitting in the movie theater kind of oh <laughs> just, I'm grateful, but it's really weird. <laughs> well, it would be weird, um, just like it'd be weird to see yourself, your your visage, you know. Up oh, I could not be. Tall. I don't I, know how no. gets over that. I could not be an actress. I mean, I love the anonymity of the radio, and mm -hmm. people don't know what I look like. Um, this little. Um, first Saturday thing that we've started at Mike Kelly's, I get up and I'm the MC and I'm petrified. I just Oh, come I on. I don't like talking where I can actually see people. Oh, they know who you are anyway. Well, most of them do, but still, I'm still I'm still nervous about it. They love you. Oh, well. I love I love to do it. I really love to do it. Um, I wanted to throw some you've mentioned some of them, but I wanted to throw some names out at you and sure. just get kind of get your reaction. If I don't know who they are, I'm sorry. Oh, no, know you'll know who is. they are. You'll know who they are. Um, <laughs> J and Jason North was the first one I was mm -hmm. going to throw at you. Yeah. Um, how instrumental was he in the beginning? Well, I, I mean, in order to build a house, you have to have a foundation. Without a foundation, it just falls down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just cracks. And Jason was the cement for this. Without him, I'm not here. I don't do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What in the world would I have done when I first started writing songs had I not known that guy? Had I not known him? I, I would have kept my job and I would still live in my apartment in Fayetteville and I wouldn't have done that. Had he ever done anything like that for anybody else? Um, I, he's worked with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he's done that. He devoted a lot of time to me, and hopefully someday I can devote a lot of time back to him. You know what I mean? And and it's taken a little while to get somewhere, but I've started pushing really hard over the last year and a half, two years, because I realized, hey, these people have really invested in you. Don't let that go to waste. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't have done any of this had I not known Jason. At all. And I wouldn't have believed that I was decent enough at it to continue. You know? Somebody said, yeah, let's record these songs. I like this song. I was like, okay. Instead of, you know, telling me, you suck, keep your job. <laughs> like you should have. <laughs> no, he, he seems to genuinely <clears throat> care, but... He does. But, you know, 
the universe sends you what you need when you need it. It does, but it's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. So, but a lot of us aren't even aware that it's it's being aware for the. Oh yeah, it's just like one of the things uh, that you said about when you were writing songs. Every line needs to be a tattoo. It does. Line. It has to be. Otherwise, what's the point? But that's just me. That's yeah. not, it doesn't have to be that way for everyone else. Different people write songs for different reasons. I write songs to process my life so I don't live in the dark. Mm-hmm. I have to get stuff out. Okay, Carl Butler. Carl, that was kind of a transition into a bigger city. Um, Carl has been the person who has said, he has been around the business for such a long time done every kind of thing you can think of and I got lucky that he was interested in what I was doing he has zero motivation to to get anything from me just like Jason they just genuinely wanted to help me for god knows why um but he's kept he's for lack of a better term he's my bs meter you know what I mean He's we taught, all need an accountability uh-huh. accountability partner. We do, <laughs> and he kind of is that for me when it comes to this because he just... And now I'm at the point where I've been around him long enough that we can leave something. I can go, nope, let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. And you go, yep. Um, but Carl's, Carl's... I don't know how people do this without a Carl Butler. How you navigate shark infested waters without a whale how do you do that it's ruthless and yeah not everybody it's it's a lyrical life that seems um kind of magical on the surface but what happens the 22 other hours of the day when you're not up mm-hmm. there for your two hour a lot gig a lot is a lot it's a lot frank hicks frank he's my buddy man Man, he... (laughs) I just got so lucky tonight I met him. Because Matt Stevens and Joe Hines... Was that the night I met you too? Yeah, that's the night you met me. So are you the next name? No. no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Diana No, no, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, that one? No. Um, I I think Frank had had just enough wine to give me a gig. Because he doesn't do that. He doesn't just pull out a calendar. He doesn't do it for everybody. No. That's for sure. No. And give people gigs. Um, and we're, I mean, I, I play there. I don't play there like I used to, which was all the time because I'm gone a lot. But we're friends now. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, somebody in Frank's position, it would be difficult to know who your friends mm-hmm. really are because some, when you're in that position, yeah. somebody wants something from you yeah. all the time. What, I, can you, what can you do for me? Man, and he, and, and yeah. conversely, he's a businessman running he a is. huge operation. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some of that on his side, too. You know, he's sure. He's got to be looking at he's, he's His payroll keeps getting bigger and bigger and people that he's got to take care of. Um but I make it a point to when I'm there, I like to just sit and talk to Frank. I don't need a beer. 
I don't, you don't have to go get me anything mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he does do that so often for people. And not because he thinks that I don't, I can't speak for him, you know, but he's a nice guy. He's always going and getting things for other people. If I am sitting there and drinking something, if I run out, he just, you know, he wants to go get something or if I'm hungry or if I need anything, you know, I'm like, I'm good. I'm looking forward to <laughs> he's just nice. sitting down and talking to him. He's agreed to do this as well. Oh, that'll be fun. Because that'll be um, really good. It's just such an incredible story, mm-hmm. the knucklehead story. It is wild. It's got, somebody's got to do a movie or write a book about it, um, but it's probably not going to be him. Um, <laughs> Eric, is it Khan? Yes. So how did you get to connected with him, and how does he fit into Nashville? That's a spider web, um, which is crazy, because Carl and I were talking one day, and I was like, man, if you move, if you take one little, I don't know what they're called, a spider web. If you take one of these things Strands. out, if you take one strand out, the whole thing falls apart completely. I don't exist as what I am right now, whatever that is. I'm just not here. So that that's definitely part of a spider web. But I had... Um, been down there. That's been a few years back, you know. Um, but my buddy Gary introduced me to a guy named Rolf over at Blackbird, who's just the nicest dude ever, man. He runs that place. And I said, I need somebody to mix this song. Who do you, do you know anybody who might be interested in doing it? And he said, yeah, I've got these three people. And again, didn't know the three people he was talking about, but I read some of the bio stuff and I said, well, I, Chuck Ailey sounds like a good idea. And everybody said, yeah, Chuck Ailey does sound like a good idea. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, uh, ignorance is bliss. Oh, ignorance is bliss. And it, I think it's, um, this whole thing for me, and it's someday the bubble's going to be busted, you know, but for me, it's Nashville. I've had to change my tune about it. Which I say through gritted teeth because I've always been like, you know. Yeah. Well, I just noticed that in the last year or two, you've spent more and more time. That's there. where I'm at all the time. Are you going to move there? Oh, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about that. I am always there. But this... I just thought that you, of all the people that I know right now, you have closely. You probably have more insight to that town than. Than, than anyone quite a bit you know it's and it's changing all the time I mean I I try to stay away from the conversations about Nashville to the people that actually live there yeah because, you know they've chosen to live there and I and I know what my experience yeah. is there and I chose not to have one mm-hmm. this year and to, to do some other things yeah um but it's uh, you I, know I'm, I'm heartened by the fact that you are able to stay here so far but I have no delusions. That, no delusions. That, that's not going to happen. Well, that you're going to end up someplace else. Well, hmm. but it, you know, there's people asking me to, are you going to move? You should move. I'm like, and, but there's other people going, don't do it. Yeah. There's don't a lot do of people it. that we, you know, um, we know that are there. And that, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen if you move there? You I know, mean, there's a right time if you're going to go to go, but mm, We'll get to that in a minute. I don't. I don't want to get too distracted from the question you asked me, uh, which I can easily do because I'm a rabbit trail. Um, we were talking about Eric. Eric yes, yeah. he ended up because Chuck mixed Never Been to Nashville for Average Jane, and I called him. I said, "Hey, man, 
this is your mix. Who would you, who do you have master your stuff? And he said, you know, I, I like this guy. So he sent me over to Eric. So I shot him an email and said, Hey, you want to master this? And he said, yeah. So he mastered that, sent it back. We put it out and then the record got done, which we recorded here with Andy over at Soundworks and Jimmy Bratcher at his place. Um, so <laughs> it's just weird. He mastered it. And we just kind of became friends. He mastered the whole album because it had to be cohesive. So I just started dropping by because he was a nice dude and he had a dog. So I started dropping by to pet Chaco. I think like everybody else does when they find out that this cute little dog is in the studio all day. Uh, but we just became friends and he had a different outlook on the music business in Nashville. He's a different duck down there and Carl and I were just kind of on board with what he thinks about everything and so we just became friends having conversations about stuff like that and he asked me at the dinner table one night um, at his house he said who's going to do your next record and I said I don't know you know he was like I'll do it and I said okay let's do it mm -hmm. so he went to work and has just stuck his neck out for me down there and I mean I don't, I don't want to say too much he's just been that advocate yeah, in well, Nashville that so many people never find we're saying the universe sends you who you need or what you need when you need it and so that's he's just He's just another link in the chain. He's just the nicest the guy. Or whatever. Um, and he, you know, he said that to me the other day. He said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you do the thing. I just connect the dots. I was like, I, I thought, yeah, but you know, people are, people go down there for years and nobody will connect the dots. That's, connecting the dots is much bigger than anything I do. I mean, because without somebody to help you connect dots, like Jason and Carl and Eric and some other people that have come along. I mean, I sit on this couch and I write songs. You know what I mean? Like, the only thing that changes is there's people out there willing to help me. And without those people, and strictly, strictly to help. But I think that we want to help you, or that those of us who see something and want to help you, it's because you are articulating something or manifesting something that we can't. Hmm. And it's, it's helping us relate. I mean, I, I, I hope so. No, I, I no, so. I know. So, I mean, that's how it is for me and it doesn't, and I'm blessed to have people like that in my life and it doesn't seem to matter what the age difference is no. or, you know, any of that stuff. All my friends are like, it's just, <laughs> it's it's the supports it's the village it takes a village for us all to be mm. able to get through anything mm. um the last name that i wanted to throw at you is of course loretta mm -hmm. um lynn because <clears throat> i think that some people would find it interesting or surprising that someone who's so young would hold loretta lynn or anyone of that that age in such high esteem or even even know the, the yeah. past history if they didn't seem they hadn't seen the movie coal miner's daughter or whatever that's one of the first movies i ever saw yeah which is like i don't know if that's good or bad on my mom <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think it's good um like adult movies you know mm -hmm. steel magnolias and then coal miner's daughter so of course dolly and the red are my two favorite people in the whole mm -hmm. world um i 
when I started getting into her, really getting into her, which was probably 10 years ago, something like that. I saw a video of You Ain't Woman Enough on YouTube and I had heard the song multiple times, but I watched her do it on, I think it, I don't know if it was a radio show or a TV show or something, but she did the song and played the guitar like a boss. And she just got up there and sang it. There was nothing pretentious about her whatsoever. And it was this amazing song with this amazing hook. And she got done. And the person came out to do the interview, pushed her aside, and wanted to talk to her guitar player, not Loretta Lynn. And I saw that and like just became livid while I was watching this video. And I read the comments and everyone was like, we don't want to hear from the guitar player. You know, we want to hear from Loretta. Wow. But you know what? She was so graceful. And if she was mad about it, you would never have known. And I thought that's... Well, she had her ways of getting back at you later. I thought that's yeah. what I want. If I'm going to do this, I want to be like that. Anybody know what I'm thinking, what I'm doing? And if I'm upset, you're not going to know. And I want to be able to just get up to a microphone, make it look totally effortless, and then move on. And that's what she does. And there's no... I don't know. There's nothing pretentious about her. I've met a lot of people. No, and Loretta no. Lynn is the least pretentious person that I have met. It's so funny, though, because when we were on her, but she's... Artist-wise. She's dressed like a princess. She's dressed like a princess. Has, it's all glitzy, glitzy. Beautiful. Um, 20 minutes magic. before the gig. That was the crazy part. Yeah. 20... No, most people will invite you on, you know, an hour after. No, this was right before she went on stage. I realized that this year. I thought, wow. If somebody tried to talk to me on a tour bus 20 minutes before I went on stage, would you let them do that? Because I freak out. I mean, Chris can look at me wrong and I can, I can yeah, run well, in my gig. You know, I just freak she's out. 50 years on you, so just <laughs> calm down. She's incredible. Yeah, well, so I'm so happy we were able to experience that together. And I think that um, she's great. And she, when she and Willie go and Dolly, I'm just going to be. No, we're not. I'm going to be inconsolable. You're going to freeze them all cryogenically. It's going to be Do fine. not even talk to me. Um, well, I wanted to just kind of wrap it up today on this installment talking about what's been happening you with with WSM and, mm -hmm. and Devino Devino Day because she's she, the best because man. she says things when you're on with her that that's not that they're shocking to me it's just that is she really mean that or is she just blowing smoke because if she's blowing smoke I will I will smack her around if I ever meet her but um uh, when she says things like, <laughs> Devin, if you're listening, I love you. Just ignore it. History it's is, just protected. History is being made in this studio. Dreams are made here. And you just heard, I mean, things that I, I you know, I can hear myself saying if I were on WSM and having you in the studio. She's been on radio for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's She's another awesome. that's another strand in the web that if anybody can make it happen for you, um, uh, getting on the. Well, let me say operate. this about her. We're from the same neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, I was born in Morel. That's where she's from. I was raised just north of where she was. And so I think that was our initial connection. She likes what I do. That's cool. But I like her as a human being. Like, I just enjoy hanging out with her. You know, we 
we have hung out aside from work and she's just nice. She's just fun and hilarious. And I, I just like her. She as a seems person. like she's having such a great time. Yeah. When she's on the air and Asked her to that. have a sidekick like she does too. Oh, Lexi's Lexi, so great. That would be so fun. She's so funny. It, it gets a little lonely. It's like <laughs> back in the, in the morning by myself on the radio station. That's why I've always, you know, love to have people come in and play live because it is fun to yeah. be able to feed off somebody um, like is. that. So I'm glad that you have a radio mom there that, what? that can take care of That's you. crazy to me. We yeah. put out church in a bar and Art, he did. I've told this story a couple of times. I was just at Pigwitch in the river market eating a sandwich and he called me and he was like, WSM is going to play church in a bar. No, they're not. Click. Call me later with something interesting. You know? Yes, <laughs> in my He says, yes, they are. I said, okay, Art. Like, I normally believe you and I don't think you're a liar, but I might be calling you one right now. But we just, you know, I finished eating. We got in the car and we turned it on and drove around. And sure enough, they, she played that song. And it was in the queue before he called her. Because I asked her about that. I said, he told me you said this was already in queue play. She said, yeah, it was. Just what are the odds that WSM 650 AM is the first station in Nashville to pick up my single? Normally... That's not how it works. I mean, that's not how it works for anything. Well, I th I think that um, I from it my blew my mind. From my perspective, <clears throat> nothing has happened the way it normally does with you. So, no, not at all. So if I went, you know, it's still not. A lot of times when I end these conversations, I'll say, "It's okay. What's next? What's and, next?" And and generally, there is a, a you know a measured response that I'm gonna. We're going here, and we're going to do that. A lot of stuff I can't talk like, about. That's what's yeah. nice. <laughs> Not a stuff. You know oh, what? Still, I won't that. say can't. I'll say won't. Yeah. Because I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. Yeah. But I don't want to <clears throat> give too much away because the element of surprise is fun. Yeah. It's just fun. What has been the most surprising thing? about your experience in Nashville for the last year. Mm. Yeah. When you are yourself, as cliche as that sounds, people like that. Because in Nashville, they are surrounded by people trying to be something that they're not. And you know what happens when you try to be unique? You end up just like everybody else. And I, this for me started <clears throat> with Average Jane. I thought, man, I'm not going to make it. I'm just your average Jane. I can't do all of these things that all these other girls are doing. I can't put on high heels and a skirt and strut. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just can't do it. I feel like a fraud if I do that. Because <laughs> it's not me. So, I just, that voice in my head said, just do that then. Maybe somebody will identify with that. And if they don't, who cares? It's fine. So, going to Nashville, I just wear my bootcut jeans and park my truck and do whatever I'm going to do. And the wild part is people are going, yeah, that. I like that. I don't get it, but I think it's because I no longer care whether anyone else gets it or not. And it's, it's not, I shouldn't say, and I don't mean that. I, I mean, as who I am as a person dictates what I do. This is just a thing I do. It's not who I am. If music is who I am, like I need a, I need a better life. 
<laughs> you know, or a more stable one. I need a more stable life if music is who I am. Because Carl said to me one day, he said, "Honey, you're a car wreck away from never being able to do this again. Who are you? Because this can't be who you are. It's just a thing you do. It's a, it's a, it's just a moment. Oh, in time. please tell me that lyric is going to find its way into a Sarah Morgan song. What? You're only a car wreck away from never being able to do this again. <laughs> that's what he said. Oh my goodness, that's. And it was, that was a few years ago and it was really profound. And I thought, mm-hmm, he's correct. Yeah. This is a moment in time for me and wherever it goes, it will not last forever. Every 15 minutes comes to an end, I Diana. I can guarantee you that. I tried to run, I don't get far. It's in my blood. Sound of a steel guitar And every great I've ever known of They've been on that stage The one I want to be on I want a one One night. 